0: hey friends welcome we're so glad that you have chosen to be part of our broadcast today i am scott sullivan discipleship catalyst at the georgia baptist mission board and i am joined today by several special guests and the topic is that we're dealing with is uh, church facilities how are we going to use those to maximize gospel impact what can we do to enhance or if you're looking to build, just some words of wisdom, and we're joined by two guys that have done it, and our two consultants will be leading this discussion. So let me introduce to you George Thomason. He has written a book called Resuscitate: How to Breathe, breathe Life, New Life into a Gasping Church. Uh, highly recommend that. And George's got that out. Love for you guys to jump into that. Um, Chris Sanchez, and I should say, Doctor Thomason and uh, Doctor Chris Sanchez uh, will also be on the panel today. Chris, we're glad that you're with us too, buddy. And um, of course, George is supposed to be retired, keep trying to retire, but he's so good, they keep pulling him out of retirement. So he is now Campus Development Pastor at Christ Church in Flowery Branch. And uh, and there's just so much people around that area, George, are grateful for what you're doing, that you tried to retire in the area that they picked you up. And then Chris, man, down there um, with Robbie Foster, our convention president at Northside and Valdosta, um, I know that Robbie has mentioned before just how valuable your insight and your oversight with staff, with facilities, and just your mind for organization is. So thanks for bringing uh, your expertise to the panel today as well. Also, we've got Kenneth Acock. He is our Northeast consultant and uh, just doing a fabulous job, as well as not just our consultant, Kenneth, you are in a local church there, and so grateful that you're doing some part-time consulting with us and uh, our Northeast is really benefiting from that. And then Matthew Gibbs, Matthew is our East Central consultant at Second Baptist in Warner Robbins. And uh, Matthew, we're grateful for you too, buddy, for what you do on our team, the wisdom that you bring. So um, this team really, we exist to strengthen churches by resourcing, inspiring and creating disciple makers. So this topic is very important because what we do with the resources God's given us. And sometimes resources is money. Sometimes it's the building, it's the facility. So this discussion is huge. And I know that there are hundreds of churches right now that are asking these questions that you guys are about to tackle. So Matthew, jump into our discussion for us, buddy.
1: Hey, thank you, Scott. And and guys, just thank y'all for being here and and being a part of this discussion. Uh, I know it's an interesting time. uh, And when we talk about facilities, administration, uh, sometimes that stuff that's behind the scenes that people don't necessarily, uh, your, your normal church member may not know about or, or think about, but thank you guys for all you do and for making this a part. Let me just mention that we, uh, we're, we will be posting a blog out there uh, for you uh, on our uh, Georgia Baptist website, and uh, there's a blog post called Is It Time for a Facilities Checkup? So we hope that you'll just take a look at that, mm-hmm. just some things for you to think about and questions, hard questions to ask. Uh, it's never, never too late to do that, and it's something you should be doing at least annually. So we've provided that for you. And I'm going to turn it over to Kenneth and let him, let him ask the first question of our panelist guests today.
2: Thank you, Matthew. George, I'm going to ask you this first, and Chris, I want you to jump in as well. How can we use our facilities, or what are some of the ways that we can use our facilities as a ministry resource to point people towards the gospel?
3: What a great question. Uh, Thank you, Kenneth. It's an honor to be a part of this today. And uh, I've only been a Georgia Baptist for about three years, uh, but uh, have been involved in this kind of thing for 40, I guess I'm going on 47, uh, still kicking. But, uh, you know, it's obvious that things change through the years and uh, you have to give careful attention to opportunities for ministry and facilities is a big part of that. As Scott said, um, one of the things that we do at our church that I think is really, really important, and it's not anything new, because I'm sure that um, lots of churches are taking advantage of this, but we have learned that if we can drive people to our connection room uh, every Sunday, we have pastors and trained lay people in there to engage with folks, that that we, we really have a good opportunity to, uh, to To get those people uh, w- with the gospel, so what we do every week is drive them there. Now, when we before we moved in our new worship center, the connection room was right out the side doors of the worship center and to the right. I mean, it's very easy. Now it's even more convenient because we saw such a, a phenomenal impact uh, with the connection room uh, experience. We designed a um, a large glass enclosed portion of our lobby uh, as you first enter the worship center area that we call our connection room and we we set it up with relaxed furniture and all of there's a fireplace in there i mean <laughs> it's really a neat spot and we have uh, have it set up to really engage people in a comfortable setting so they kind of relax uh, and what we found is when we bring them to that connection room Um, then one of the the, the primary objective of our staff and lay people when they connect with folks in the connection room is to try to get them to sign up for our new member class, which we call Your Place. The name of the church is Christ Place Church, so we call it Your Place. And so uh, we get them signed up right then if we can. Uh, I can't tell you the number of people we led to Jesus in that room. Uh, it's really been exciting, and they make new friends all of that. They've got refreshments in there and that kind of thing. So I, I would say if there's any possible way in your facilities, you can um, create some type of connection room, call it whatever you want to, uh, it would really be a, a help in your ministry. Uh, n- not only that, uh, I know this seems a little crazy, but we try to offer free coffee in the, in the lobby too, And even though it's a new worship center and everything's fresh and just a couple of years old, we don't mind if they bring it in church. Uh, You know, uh, our maintenance guy has a fit with it, but we do. Uh, I I think that just is a nice thing. And every now and then we'll set up little stations for donuts, things like that. Uh, Whether you'd want to do this or not, I don't know. And you might have some convictions on it, but we have a little store um, in the lobby as well where people can pick up you know, uh, Christ's place shirts and hats and things like that. And pastor writes a book every now and then we got stuff like that in there. So, you know, uh, by the way, I hadn't been able to get them, Scott, put my book in there yet, but anyway, <laughs> another critical thing related to facilities that I would throw out and then I'll stop talking is, um, really the playground. Well, we, we, uh, spent a lot of money developing a, um, uh, a really, really first-class playground right at the entrance of the worship center or over to one side and it's right, it's backed up to the preschool building. So it's a perfect little nook there and uh, we, I know that it's kind of not every church would want to do this because there may be some liability issues and so forth, but we open it up to the community too during the week and uh, we're just trying to provide a service but it's really neat when those kids see that playground and so forth. It's, it's really cool and they want to be a part of it. Of course, the, the children's building, we've, we've designed and decorated that to be the a kind of a magnet for kids and all those things too. So I, I, that's just a thumbnail sketch, but those are a few things we found that
4: really been helpful.
2: Thank you, George. Chris, what are your thoughts?
4: um to piggyback off of what george said and uh y'all thank you for inviting me this morning to be a part of this uh i'm i'm uh, honored that you thought of us down there in south georgia we uh we get forgotten about sometimes down there um the uh, you mentioned georgia mentioned coffee and the sanctuary as an example and whatnot something that i try to, to make sure that my team understands is the 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 only way we're going to keep that new sanctuary really pretty and and uh, pristine like it was when we moved into it uh, Easter of, of uh, 18 is to not use it and to not have people in there. And so the, the folks coming in with uh, bringing their morning coffee in and or they've got kids in tow and they got their little snack things or whatever for the little ones that are that uh, for whatever reason aren't going into the back. Um, don't worry about those things. Um, but, you know, pews, pews and carpet can be cleaned. Um, the, the thing that those people need more than anything is they need to be uh, somewhere where they can hear the gospel. And so uh, that's, that's the whole point of our facilities, to use those, to leverage those uh, for an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with the people that God brings into our facilities each week.
1: That's excellent, guys. Thank you so much for that. Uh, here's another question for you. Just uh, want to start with Chris and George, you can chime in there as well. Here's a question. How can a church effectively budget for their facility costs, both the the expected costs Mm -hmm. as well as some unexpected costs? And I know, Chris, this is an area that you are specialized in and what you do there. So could you could you give us a little insight there?
4: The 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 biggest thing. Well, the your normal operating expenses, your utilities, for example, uh, if uh, unless it's a brand new church or you've added a building or you've expanded. Um, you've got some history on that, so, so leveraging that and looking at your trends if you're growing, uh, for example, or if, uh, uh, if um, something's happened in the community and uh, maybe your church is down a little bit, um, and, and that impacts how we use our facilities. So a couple of years ago, we, we were going through a really, really fruitful time of ministry, and we added uh, over 200 people to our church. Well, about midway through the year, I shared with my finance team that, you know, uh, water is going to be over uh, that line item this year. And and the question was, well, well, well why? I'm like, well, every time we fill the baptistry up, it takes about 900 gallons. Amen. And with, and with all these new people coming in, they're, they're using, you know, restrooms are being used and stuff too. And I said, these are good problems to have, y'all. So if it runs a little bit over, it's Okay. <laughs> Um, but that kind of stuff is, is pretty straightforward. We're all, we're all pretty good at kitchen table math for the most part. Um, the, the thing I, that, uh, that I try to share with folks that is most helpful is to standardize expenses that you can standardize. And what I mean by that is things like uh, cleaning your carpets. Uh, your carpets have to be cleaned regularly. And so at my church, we do that the week after Vacation Bible School in July and the week between Christmas and New Year. Uh, where those things have a minimal impact on on the actual ministries taking place in the church. I have HVAC, uh, I have 48 HVAC units on my facility. Um, I have those on a quarterly schedule for service. Um, they're inspected uh, uh, once a quarter by a trained technician from our our vendor. And uh, in fact, we just uh, had one. We found there's an oil leak of some sort. So there's 1,500 bucks to to fix that. Um, I have kitchen equipment uh, in our commercial kitchen serviced annually and inspected to make sure because I've got uh, one of those pieces of equipment is gas. That's a big deal um, to, to make sure that the gas lines and everything are, are, are good. So the, the things that you can standardize, try to standardize those and incorporate that into the rhythm of your, your ministry of your church each, uh, uh, each year, each, each week, each quarter uh, uh, annually And that will smooth a lot of this, a lot of challenges that churches experience. It'll smooth those over.
1: George, you got anything to add there?
3: Uh, Excellent. I got some great ideas. (laughs) Um, Yeah, a couple of things that I would throw in there. Um, uh, I've learned through the years that, uh, and I was an executive pastor at a large church in Florida for a long time and had to kind of walk your, in your footsteps, uh, Chris. So, um, one of the things that I put in place was two uh, primary contingencies in the budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a personnel contingency, and the other was operations contingency. Um, as no matter how well you budget, always things come up that you just didn't uh, think about, and and that's really good because it means the spirit of God's at work, and you want to have some resources to be able to you know address those things. So I think that's important, and. And let me tell you guys, it was very difficult to get this next thing done, but I was bulldog stubborn and finally got it implemented. Um, The previous guy in my position, uh, what he would do in terms of reserves Mm -hmm. was uh, he'd wait till the end of the year and see what was there and then whatever those dollars were. If there were some dollars left, he'd put that in reserve and try to build up over time. That is not a good way to handle your budget in terms of reserves. So we budgeted for reserves and put money in there a 12th every month. Uh, Even the the first uh, campus that we started down there uh, in Florida, um, I I knew we inherited an old building and uh, it had old uh, HVAC uh, Chris, uh, units all over it. And it wasn't real large. But you know, one of those can be five, six, dollars dollars even in a small building.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, so I wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, create any problems for the central campus. So from day one, we started uh, a reserve account and started putting money in that reserve account. And uh, it was, uh, that was the only way I was able back at the central campus to get them to do it because they saw we never were asking them for money. <laughs> we, we had money in the account to take care of things that came up we didn't anticipate. So I think any way you can put some contingencies and some reserves in there. And by the way, um, if your church has a heart for multiplication and you're thinking church planting or multi-site, um, you might want to do one more thing and that is to put another contingency item in a seed fund for new campuses or church planning. because you never know when god's going to open up that door and it's time to step through it and it sure is great if you got some resources for startup funds just some thoughts
2: those are some great thoughts george and we'd love to hear from the people that are that are logged on and watching this if you just take a moment uh, make a comment talk about some of your experience working with facilities at your church. We'd love to hear from you uh, in, in this group. That's what we're here for. Also, as we think about this next question, Chris, I want you to also think about maybe that uh, single staff uh, pastor that's, that's working and evaluating facilities or uh, a, you know, a church, a, a smaller church. But I want, what advice would you give um, to pastors, that, that single staff pastor or or church staff as they make an annual evaluation plan for their church facilities what are some things they should be looking for and and maybe they've never thought about doing an annual evaluation but you talk about the importance of that and chris i ask you that first and then george if you'll jump in
4: uh, thanks, thank you, Kim. The the things that immediately come to mind: uh, how old uh, equipment-wise? How how old are the uh, the heating and air units on your facility? Um, I have a large facility. Um, one of the uh, la- year before last, I replaced the oldest unit that we had in service. It was put into service in 1987.
3: Oh,
4: wow. <laughs> I've got about 20 units uh, currently on my facility that were put into service during the 1990s. So I know that I've got some, from some, some expenses coming up. I have two units on a flat roof that have to be replaced this year um, but before, the, before it gets cold. I can't run the heat on them right now. The, eight, the, 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 the air conditioning part runs fine. But uh, uh, we caught that doing an annual evaluation, uh, having, uh, having folks come out and look. And that, that was a matter of having a vendor come out and, and checking things uh, for the facilities themselves, uh, especially for a smaller church uh, uh, with limited staff or single staff. Um, if you can, the people that are using the facilities to do ministries in your church have them participate in that some kind of way they see the the uh, whoever's leading your children's uh your children's ministry for example or your student ministry they see your your facilities through eyes completely different than through my eyes they're not thinking about that unit over there hey there's a funny color in the you know uh, uh, on that what is that uh, where whereas i'm thinking okay something's leaking there they never see that you know is the room that i'm using tonight and going to have 30 kids in, or, or 13 kids, or however many, is it cool? Especially here in South Georgia, we think a lot about the, uh, about the air conditioners working. So uh, if you can, get those people that, 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 uh, that use the facilities for ministry to, to walk through that and try to see your facilities through those eyes. Uh, the things that, that you think might need to be done, um, yeah, they probably need to be done, but maybe they need to be done in a different way than, than what I'm thinking. Uh, because I'm not in there doing student ministry or doing doing children's ministry or whatnot, week in, week out, like they are. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Those are all great points. Thank you uh, mm-hmm. for sharing that. George, will you have any insight in that? Last week, we went to visit a
3: lady uh, on the other side of Lake Lanier, and when we walked up to her front porch, uh, she had two coach lamps on either side, and we noticed two things. To get to the porch, we had to dodge some shrubbery that hadn't been trimmed and up over one of the coach lights was a bird nest that had been built and there were cobwebs everywhere. She doesn't even see that because (laughs) she, you know, probably because she comes in through the garage. (laughs) But we get the, we we have blind spots about our facilities at church. Mm And I, I think it's really important. Uh, I think Chris has a great idea to have those people that work in those areas to do it. But one of the things I've always done is I found one lady when I was a pastor. You talk about a single pastor. I mean, I've been in every, <laughs> every size church there is over these years. And when I was a, sing, uh, a single uh, staff guy, I found one lady who was absolutely OCD to the max. and wanted everything perfect. You know, if you, if you look in her, cabinets, you'd see that the labels of all the cans were facing you properly. I mean, it's that bad. I I got her and I would have her every three months to walk the facility with me. And I'd have a pad of paper and I'd write down and I would do whatever she said to do (laughs) because she wanted it to look perfect. And, And by the way, God's place ought to be the best it can be. So We tried to do that, not annually, but quarterly because things happen fast and we would walk through every room, she would see hymnals and literature and stuff all piled up, it shouldn't be there. And uh, obviously we'd work with the workers in there, we wouldn't just clean out their mess, but uh, I I put the pressure on her instead of me. Uh, She encouraged them to make adjustments in the facility. And then, of course, we're all familiar, probably, with the Golden Gate Principle, where they start at one end of the Golden Gate and start painting. When they get to the other end, they start over again, you know, they just so that you keep it looking nice all the time. I I think that would be a good annual thing is uh, have those rhythms, as Chris said, built in to your maintenance schedule and really make it look nice. Uh, It ought to look nice.
1: Thank you, guys. That's All that stuff is great. I appreciate all that you've given. It's, it's important for us to, to to understand that, you know, these principles, a lot of these principles apply no matter the size of the church. Uh, and there's ways, uh, whether you have significant bu- budget limitations or you have a little more freedom with your budget to make sure that these things are taken care of. Uh, I was reading an article, our uh, you know our our, our facilities are, are some of the most expensive resources that we have and we need to do the best we can to take care of those and they're also the launch pad for sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with our community and with the That's people right. that enter the door so kind of as we close this out any any final words that any either of you have uh george why don't you start for us
3: okay uh, yeah i always have some final words until <laughs> that um When we started our first campus down in Florida, in addition to our central campus, um, I had a deep conviction I wanted to try something. Uh, One of the most expensive things that we um, have in our budget is uh, personnel, uh, salaries and so forth, benefits. And I know this doesn't relate to facilities, but it will free up money for facilities. Um, And so I had a conviction that I was gonna try to have Half of my staff paid. Now, I started with just me and a -a 20-hour-a-week secretary, okay? But I had big visions. And so I wanted to have half of my staff paid, maybe part-time or full-time, and half of them total volunteers. But I wanted to expect just as much of the volunteers as I did the paid people. They would come to all the staff meetings and be engaged in the decisions, et cetera, et cetera. And so I started doing that. Gosh, what a difference it made! Um, we were able to keep our budget uh, very, very manageable, and yet we did so much more with with less. So in that case, um, less was more, and uh, it made a big difference for us. A- and it dawned on me, gosh, we've got we got other volunteers that we can use instead of paying people all the time. So we we had uh, building and grounds people. We had, in fact, our our a guy that followed that, that directed all the work around the uh, facilities was a volunteer, a highly, highly paid, uh, big time businessman, but he had a heart for that. And so he directed all that and he got volunteers to work and, uh, they, they just did a phenomenal job. I can't tell you how much money we saved, uh, working on the, you know, the grounds, and so forth by just using volunteers. So don't forget that uh, people love doing that, but you gotta have somebody that can really direct them well and keep them focused and get the materials they need.
4: That's good.
1: Chris, what about you? Any final words?
4: Well, I'm like George, I've always got some final words. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what I would leave you with, Matthew, is, is to encourage folks to plan for the unexpected, um, plan on, on God to move in and through your church, um, plan on on the devil trying to hinder that uh, that movement, and and know that uh, if you if you have an air conditioning unit go out uh, in, in the middle of the summer months, pretty much anywhere in the state of Georgia, you're going to replace it. Um, and and but planning for things like that, uh, uh, you know, that doesn't need to be a distraction from from what God's called you to do. Your facilities should enhance what you're doing the ministry that you're doing, they shouldn't detract from it. So yeah, they should look great. Uh, as great as we can, we can make them look, things should be well-maintained. Um, I tell my team when, when, when our, when my group is doing our job best, folks don't even realize that we're there and have no idea what it is we do. And so, although right now during this coronavirus time, folks smelling some sanitizer uh, when they walk in the building and, and, and kind of getting that, uh, that's not a bad thing. So, But plan for the, plan for the unexpected and, and, uh, uh, and watch God move in through your ministry, and, and, and he'll bless that. Hey, hey Chris, yes, sir. You, just, you sparked a thought for me. Um,
3: when we built our last facilities, we decided because of the air conditioning, it was in South Florida, which is even worse than South Georgia, mm-hmm. in terms of air conditioning, we, we designed into our HVA system redundancy so that if we lost a unit, nobody knew the difference. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: What I mean is we put some of those, um, oh, what do you call those units, those Mitsubishi units? um, Mini splits. Mini splits, yeah. We put some extra mini splits in that we didn't even need most of the time. But if we lost a big unit, we could kick those babies in and nobody knew the difference. So we, we built a little redundancy into the building to start with. If, if that's a problem, you got O units, it might be something you could consider. Just a thought.
4: Sure. That's a good thought.
1: Guys, thank you so much uh, for uh, being here today, Kenneth, Chris, George. Appreciate uh, your insight uh, and, again, uh, your wisdom in this area and just the ministries that you're involved in now, both in Valdosta there and also in Christ's Place. Scott, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Thank you so much. This is, I've just
0: been sitting here the whole time writing notes. And, um, and Chris and George, when I grew up, I want to be just like the, the two of you. Um, there's a word, I'll close out with this. There's a word that, that is kind of weaved in and out of this whole discussion and its culture. And those who are following our discipleship team hear us say a lot that language leads culture, but that there's a second piece of stir people's, can stir people's affections for the Lord. Yes. And we want that when, uh, when people walk in with a young child and they, and they see um, that you cared enough to create a fabulous children's area, or your wife goes to the bathroom and she, she sees that you cared enough to have a fabulous bathroom for our ladies. Those things communicate and it stirs their affections. And here's the deal. If God leads them to another church, praise God, we don't want them at our church if he's, if he's leading them somewhere else. But if he was leading them to our church, but we didn't care for them, mm-hmm. shame on us. Yeah. So these, this discussion of facilities is absolutely critical. So guys, thank you so much for helping us to talk through this. And man, I just remember coming out of 29 years, local church, you know, working on facilities half that time, being in a single staff church with part-time folks trying to figure all this out. And I remember we used to do that. I think, George, you mentioned this um, annually. Uh, we would go through, as a matter of fact, twice. We'd do it in uh, right before Christmas and we'd do it right before Easter, the, the big days at church. And then we'd, we'd gather those volunteers and we would walk through every room in the church. We'd walk through the outside, we'd walk through the playground, and we would just make a note of everything that needed to be updated. And then we had volunteers all over the church cleaning it up. We called it Companies Coming. That's what we do, right? When companies come into the house, we like clean that. up all the junk that we right. normally don't care about. Well, um, I think for us, a regular idea of listen, companies coming, get this thing in check. So, guys, thanks so much. Ray Sullivan, you're awesome. He's our show producer today, he's behind the scenes uh, making sure that things happen. Matthew and Kenneth, thank you, consultants, for um, creating this, getting these guys on the panel. And then, George and Chris. You guys are awesome, and we appreciate you being so willing to jump on and help as we try to resource leaders and pastors in Georgia. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much. All right.
1: Thank you. Thank you.